Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by fellow consultant Fiona Hogarth. Hey, Fiona. Hey, Dom. How you doing? I'm good. Good to have you back in the Culture Bites podcast studio. We're just talking. It's been some time. It has been. It's pre-COVID well and truly, so, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess because you're not located in uh, New South Wales, so I uh, haven't been a- had the liberty to travel so much. Oh, that's here, right. Yeah. Uh, and jump the studio, so we're glad to have you back. And I'm glad to have you because I've got a bit of a doozy. Oh, okay. What have you this got? This week for you, which is around kind of, you know, dealing with pushback mm. in an LSI debrief, you know, and I think people will find this quite challenging. You know, what do you do mm-hmm. when someone's kind of pushing back on on the results or pushing back on the insights and all that kind of stuff? So we actually had a letter from a listener, a question from a listener come in, so I'll just read it for us. The listener said, I had an interesting response to the debrief I was doing yesterday. I've not encountered this before. A complete pushback. Responses like, it was just a point in time, I'm not like that. And then when I offered the cards, which I think are the LSI1 cards that describe Mm -hmm. the styles, she couldn't quite find what she was really like from them. So it didn't connect with the cards. Then they said they interpreted the most of the time as always, or the way I am. And this is because the blue is quite low and below the 50th percentile in most areas. They also said the question wasn't discerning enough to allow me to respond to it with only three options. So the zero, one, and two, and the LSI one. So what do you reckon? Have you come across this kind of pushback before, Fiona? What do you think? Yeah, that would have been a uh, a very challenging debrief, particularly if a practitioner is not overly experienced too, because that you know can be quite confronting. And there's lots in that, you know. There's that was absolutely get all the all the tickets in that one rather than just some because sometimes you get one or two, but not necessarily all of those. So true. Yeah. So maybe we'll break it down. So cool. I guess the first thing they talk about is complete pushback responses. Like it was just a point in time. I'm not like that. Yeah. So what do you reckon? Have you come across that before? Where do you go if you yes. have that kind of pushback? So so sometimes what I do is ask what was going on for them at that point in time. And how indicative of that is, you know, how often does this point in time, you know, like what was going on and what do you reckon caused that? And why do you think your behavior would be different at that point in time to any other point in time? And if I think about recently, you know, we have seen some people, well, that's COVID has been part of the story. And so the behavior has been different. Okay, so cool. But what are we looking at in that point in time? So, yes, it was just a point in time. Okay, yes, it was. And when we think about, I refer to the S plus T equals R. Yeah, so that situation plus thinking equals response. Yeah, so the you know point in time is about what's the situation, okay? So that was going on for you. Okay, so this is your thinking at that point in time. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, even if – so because I guess the claim underlying this is, well, now it's totally different, right? Yeah. That was me a month ago, two months yeah. ago. Now it's completely different, right? Yeah. So you're saying, well, that was the situation at the time. That was your thinking, a yeah. snapshot of your thinking at the time. Yeah. You know, and it could be different now, absolutely, but let's have a look at that. And what has, what are the things that make it different for you? Or, you know, sometimes even when we look at, well, that was just me at that point in time. Okay. Well, how might it play out? Because it's the lifestyles inventory. It's not a work styles inventory as well as the other mm. lever that I might play with in terms of, okay, so when you were describing this, were you thinking about yourself at work and what was going on for you? 
And how different is it at home? Mm. And people, there may be slight contingents, but the behavior can often, or their thinking can be similar or different. So that's the other opportunity is to just leverage, okay, well, that was like you because that's the way you have to be. I have to be this way. Uh Do you have to be this way at home? Oh, and that can open another door for exploration. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and I see, um, you know, with the point in time thing, like, you know, there's truth in that, Mm. right? The LSI of one in particular is sensitive to what's cooking for Mm. you at that moment. You know, or maybe, you know, maybe it was COVID or maybe I was in a particularly challenging situation. Could be. Yeah. Right? What I'm always interested in is, well, that's where we were. And maybe we're not there anymore, but what about next time? Yep. You know, because challenging situations will inevitably come up again in the future, right? Mm. So how do we prevent ourselves from slipping into that defensive area next time? Yep. You know, so you can almost change the angle to a future-proofing kind of thing. You know, is it it just another Mm. way Mm. about it? If you're somewhere else now, how do you sustain it? Which is the same kind of question, but different angle, right? How do you sustain yourself in the blue? Yeah, yeah. Or what happens next time you get under pressure and your boss comes in and gives you a hard time? And how might you be contributing? You know, what's your bringing of that in terms of your response to that situation, which will be triggered back to your thinking? Because the boss is going to come in and put pressure on you again or whatever, or you're going to get success without acknowledging other things, depending on what you know, what's showing up in your profile, where else might this happen? Yeah. And even in that, for individuals who are constructive, and sometimes on a slightly different tangent, but individuals are constructive, one of the things that I'm looking at is how do you sustain this, whether if they're primarily constructive, but the defensive, so that's is what happens when you go under stress. Those are the triggers. So you know, there's various different ways you can just play around the, oh, okay, where else might it show up? What else is going on for you? And I, you know, one of my, yeah, as I said, go-tos is, okay, that's work. What about home? Where else does it play out? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of around the, you know, it was just important time. Yeah. I'm not really like that. She then talked about offered the cards. She couldn't quite connect with them, which I guess is a continuation of the same kind of question. So the cards were uh, those LSI1, you know, describes the style at a low, medium, high level. Mm. And it has some ideas of actions Mm. you could take and stuff. What's your take on Yeah, I find that interesting because, you know, it's a resource and some people it really hits home for them, you know, so whether it's, you know, my question would probably be, oh, that's really curious. What's the struggle that you're having in understanding any of those, you know, what's not resonating for you in these? So that might be that, that that person's just like in complete denial or avoidance or just doesn't want to go there. So looking at the profile and potentially sometimes in that is like, well, if, you know, I just hypothesize and go, well, maybe the person's high in avoidance. They just don't want to talk about themselves if that was what's showing up in their profile because we don't. So this is the deflect. Could well be. You know, and just linking back to the previous bit, you know, I wonder, could you have, this is the snapshot, the card from when you filled out the survey a month ago, yeah. whenever it was. Pick another card for where you think you are today. So, okay, I've got high now or whatever or uh, low, you know. And then it's around insights into where were you at that time? Yep. You know, where are you now? What's the difference? How do you, mm. same kind of thing that we talked about before. How do you, next time pressure comes on, how do you yeah. prevent yourself from moving from this mm. card to that card kind mm. of stuff? Mm. Similar kind of idea. Yeah. The other thing I was just wondering, actually, because I think I assumed when I read this question, we're talking about LSI 1. Ah. I'm not like that. It just occurred to me that maybe it's LSI 2. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, they're wrong. 
they're wrong. I'm not like that at all. Mm. Right? Mm. Would you handle that one differently? Yeah, because it's not. You know, it's not saying, and this is the you know attributional thinking stuff. It's not mm. saying that you are avoidant or that you are oppositional. It's you are demonstrating these behaviours that align with that descriptor of that style. So where is it? What are you doing or saying that causes people to see you most of the time as being bossy or stubborn or critical of others? What is it? And then that's a different question because, well, I don't know. Okay, what do you think they might be seeing? How might you be showing up to give people that sense? Because it's that attributed behavior. It's not, you know, Dom, you're avoidant. What is it that you're actually doing? You know, where are you taking few chances, those sorts of things. Uh Uh-huh. Why might they think that? What might you be saying? Mm. I think that's that's the key because you know, the else I won is interesting because it's like, well, you filled out the survey. That's what you said about yourself. So it's kind of, I think, a harder case. Well, you filled it out, you know. Outside too, you can get that, especially if they're different. You know, I, I see myself one way and people see me completely differently. And I often talk about, it's not about which one's right or wrong. They're both right. They just measure different stuff. Your thoughts are your thoughts. Other people are not mind readers. Their perceptions are their perceptions. Both are curious. Both are interesting. Why do they perceive me in that way? They're not wrong. It's just their perception. Correct. Right? But somehow that's the message that's landing for them based off what they perceive Mm. from me, right? Mm. doesn't mean it's correct or that's a perfect description of who you Mm. are. But if that's how they're perceiving us, that's interesting. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, how does that impact my effectiveness Mm, or, mm, you know, that mm. kind of stuff? And I think that's the other piece that you just called on there. It's about effectiveness uh, and it's not that I'm a good person or a bad person, you know, because sometimes in that, you know, if I think about this client that they've had, you know, well, that's not me. You know, they might be, oh, that's because I'm a bad person. Well, no, it's not. It just means that your behavior and your thinking is not as effective. So they're probably... When I get some of these, you know, the challenging client, that's where I'll go is a bit about, it's about effectiveness. And, you know, it's not about good or bad, right or wrong, or that, you know, you're not this. And sometimes the other one that people throw in is about personality. Well, you know, well, I'm an, ext- I'm an introvert, so I can't be affiliative. But it's about, yeah, well, how does this impact your effectiveness? And so sometimes where I go, even as part of that, the cards, sometimes I might refer to the self-development guide because it's got more detail and it speaks a slightly different language to help. But the other piece might be think about someone that you've worked for that you see as being really effective or what does good look like, you know, in that effective leader space? What do they do? Mm. And that that might be, oh, okay. So where do you think you might be going? You know, so if this was, how might that, so you can use that as a bit of a comparison so that they're, to a certain extent, removes the individual from their self and they can put it in a third person context to reduce their own defensiveness to a certain extent. I think that's a great point. I know when I debrief, I try to remove, it's not an exam. I'm not here to judge you. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to be curious. Yeah. We're going to look at the data. How does it help us? How might it get in the way? And that's all it is. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, some of the how might it get get in the ways. Yeah. Well, maybe there's some stuff we want to change. Yep. You know, maybe there's another way. Mm. And that's all it is. Mm. So, because you're right. In this case, it might be someone feeling under threat, so they've put up the wall. Yeah. You know, don't let Fiona in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff. Could be, right? Mm. The next part in this was interpreting the question. So yep. it was around, I interpreted the like me most of the time as always, and then connected to the question isn't discerning enough to allow me to respond with only three options. 
Right, right, which is the zero one two. So yep. essentially, unlike me, quite often or most of the time. Yep. So where do you go with that kind of pushback? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. So I just asked the question. So when you read most of the time, how did you interpret that? I often get a blank look. So, you know, what? well, that was, you know, and essentially unlike you. Well, so it can often be always and never. Yeah, that's how people sometimes <laughs> yeah, say it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So they go, well, that's, you know, well, you know, this is this. And so... So we get some clarity around that. Okay, so if that is the case, where you know, so then what's the result of that? Oh, I gave myself lots of ones. Might be my, you know, I often use an analogy around, and often, and this also reflects to the pre-briefing part of rolling out LSI is just helping people really be clear about what that scale means to a certain extent. Mm. So sometimes I'll share the story of you know, most of the time I will have a gin and tonic. Quite often, I'll have a glass of wine, and it's essentially unlike me to have a bourbon and coke. Um, you know, just you know, the, or pick you know, or most of the time, I'll have a double shot black, you know, coffee. Sometimes, quite sometimes often, I'll have a skinny flat white. It's essentially unlike me to have a cup of tea. Doesn't mean that I never have a cup of tea, but rare. Right. And I don't always have, you know, right. double shot coffee. Sometimes yep. I only have single shot. But those sorts of things. So, and then, so I can sometimes use that. And I go, ah, oh, right, to help them unpack it. But even so, the scale, this is you answered. So help me understand what was going, how did you view yourself? If you did, okay, and where else? Because sometimes if it's always, then maybe I'm hard on myself, which can also show up in terms of the data. You know, well, I always have to be this or I'm never this. So it's that real black and white scale thinking. Yeah. And, you know, so if you go frequently, so it's just a bit about, I think, the opportunities in there is really exploring how the person unpacked it. Can't change those answers, but if you were to stop and think about it, and if you were to observe yourself walking around or doing stuff, if you were putting yourself on the balcony and watching yourself walk around, how frequently do you think that might be actually occurring for you? Uh. Just to give them a different lens, because sometimes it can be that deflect. Oh well, I just thought this. Mm. Yeah, because it can definitely be a deflection, mm. right? Yeah. That- Oh well, I don't always do that. So well, that's not what the option is. It's most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because it's the zero one two. Sometimes I look at if they have answered some as a two, yes, and some as a one. Well, obviously they see a distinction. Mm. Does that mean they always do these things? Mm. Well, no, I don't always do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I get them to talk to you. You know, you could put a two for this, but a one for that. So what do you see as the difference yeah. between those two? Mm. So using their own answers where you can to explore the gaps, yep. you know? You know, I talk about, I simplify the scale, so I talk about the no, yes, and hell yes okay. scale. That's another way, great. You know, yeah. so the, the two is like, hell yes, that's definitely me yep. kind of stuff, right? I really, you know, that one I can plant a flag in the ground yep. is describes me. And sometimes that resonates with people, the yes, no, yes, hell yes. Mm. You know, so I could put a lot of yeses, but I couldn't say hell yes to yep. very much, you mm. know? Mm. And then... Sometimes that's interesting because it opens up people to be like, well, actually, you know, that is me. Hell yes, that is me. Yep. You know, and that one also, that's hell yes, that's me too. Yeah. Which I think is just kind of interesting because it's getting people to reflect on, well, who, mm. who is Fiona? Who mm. is Dominic? Yeah. What can I say hell yes to? Yeah. And it is, um, yeah, well, what is that bit that I really own up to? And, you know, and how much of it, once again, back to S plus T equals R, sometimes, you know, so it is that situation Sometimes I'll be like this and sometimes I'll be like that. And even just earlier today, I was chatting with someone about 
some of their behaviours and they go, well, yeah, there's this instance, most of, you know, quite often I'll do this and I'll just let it slide through the keeper. But if I'm really passionate about it, I'll stand up for myself. Yeah. Which happens more frequently. Oh, well, I let it slide through to the keeper. So how many times do you let it slide through to the keeper before you stand up for yourself? Oh, right. So that's why it's showing up that way. So sometimes that can just be a useful way to explore it as well. Yeah. What are the situations and just having the conversation about it. And then the other one, which was the thought that I had before, can also be sometimes reflected in what was going on for you when you completed the survey. Did you do it in a hurry in terms of, oh, I just tick twos or ones, or you know, because sometimes I've had debriefs and they've shown up, that question hasn't been, well, you know, the scale, well, I just did this. And then they went, oh, well, I didn't really think about it when I was answering the questions because I did it, you know, the deadline was due and I did it five minutes before it had to be in sort of stuff. And so I just did that. So when you discuss, oh, yeah, actually, this isn't really a true reflection of me. Sometimes, not always, sometimes it can be connected back to how quickly they filled the survey in where, you know, it was just, I'm just doing it because I have to sort of stuff, those sorts of factors. I still find that interesting. Well, so the conversation could be a well. So if you think, if you'd revise your answers, what would you change? Yes. You know, so that can be an interesting conversation. Mm. Plus, I'm always intrigued because even if you did it fast, your gut feeling still told you something. Yes. I guess. And that still, to me, indicates some kind of belief or self-perception. True. You know, because there's stuff where it's like, I definitely know I'm this or that. Two, you know? And, yes. Wow. So, you know, that that's interesting in and of itself. But I think, you know, to some extent, this is just more of a deflecting mechanism. Yep. You know, and I guess the other part is, you know, there's not enough options on the scale, zero, one, two, mm. right, to be able to answer it. And people say that, you know, I want a like art scale, like a one to five, one to seven kind of thing. The trick is there is a scale in the LSI, but it's in the items themselves. So when we look at those pages mm, mm, where it has all the questions that mm, relate to each style, they're listed in a particular order mm, from the ones at the top of the page have the strongest correlation to impact on effectiveness. Yes. The ones at the bottom still correlated, not as impactful, mm. right? So it's almost we start with the least intense version mm. of the same idea and then we turn up the heat. We turn it up. So you might be like, yes, 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 mm. no, 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 or two, 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 one, one, zero, mm. zero, zero kind of stuff as it goes up that page. So there is a scale, yeah. but it's in the questions themselves, yep. right, rather than per question, yes. if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I just want to expand it as well, Fiona, because I had one yesterday. I was chained to someone, and it's on this idea of pushing back. And they're saying, oh, Dominic, I need, your, I need your advice, because I did a debrief. person had really high red styles, I think, and it just bounced off them, <laughs> right? They like, totally bounced off them. They're like, oh, I don't care. You know, that's fine. It works. I, I don't care. It works for me. I'm not going to change a thing. So what? You know, that kind of stuff. And they're like, they tried kind of, you know, coming in a few different directions, but it just didn't seem to stick at all. Yep. Just kind of bounced off. So what do you do in that situation? <laughs> Run for the hills. No, kidding. It's challenging. It can be really challenging and depending. And I know there's another question that we've had on the list about, you know, how did your own profile show up? So that's a part that can come into play there. Yeah, so it's challenging. So what does it give you? Okay, how is this, you know, I'm, so great, okay, what does it give me? Oh, it means I'm promoted, I get what I want, all that sort of stuff. What might it cost you? How might it help? And, I'm, and if it's all that, well, nothing, I'm all good. Yeah. Sometimes a question that I will ask will be associated with, well, you know, if in the rapport building piece and I have an understanding of 
family, you know, so how are your kids? Okay, so how does this show up at home? What message might you be sending? How might this impact your children? Or yeah. And sometimes that can absolutely be a real trigger, like, oh, at work I'm really successful and, you know, it works for me there and, you know, in some organisations that behaviour is rewarded, et cetera, which is a culture issue. But when you start going, well, how is this setting up perfection or high competitive playing out for your children? What are – oh. Mm. Oh, so that can so be a bigger – So the cost can be at home. Yeah. Correct. That, that's a good That can be – and because it's quite personal then – because, you know, sometimes depending on what has driven it for them, you know, I've learnt that from my parents because I got sent all these messages when I was a child that you've got to be, you know, everything's got to be done well, you've got to finish top of the class, da 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 so I want to have the same for my children. So you start sending that and going, oh, yeah. what are those messages or, or how might, what that might be causing? So sometimes that can just be a door that you can open that provides the insight for people. I've heard one as well on a similar nature is, would you want your son or daughter to work for a boss like you? Great question. Great well, question. Well, no. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could be. Yeah. You know, yeah. and who knows? Maybe they're here. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. I'm bloody brilliant. Mm. Okay. So that's one. You know, and there might be clues to that as well for you saying, you know, where's the cost? Satisfaction items. Might be at the back of the report, right? Yeah. So those satisfaction items at the back. Sometimes, mm. not always, but sometimes you can see. Wow, the work ones are all high, but the family ones, yep. outside Stress, of work ones, are all low. Health, exercise, all those sorts of things can be low. Or sometimes it can actually be, man, all this stuff outside of work's great, but work, because everyone else is the problem. Relationships uh-huh. with my colleagues, I'm great, so everyone else is the thing, and that's an indicator. Oh, tell me more about those. So, yes, leveraging the having a look at those satisfaction items can may open another door. So, it's yeah, what are the other items in the report that give you some insight? And then the other one that I can sometimes ask is, and it might have come out of, you know, the rapport or whatever, is what are your aspirations? Mm. Oh, I want to be the CEO. Okay. Or I want to be the general manager. Okay. Well, if this behavior were, you know, if this is what's driving a lot of your thinking and so how might that help or hinder you from getting to be to that next role? So if I just value the accomplishment of task or get it being the first or, you know, being critical, how might that prevent you? You know, what do you think a CEO needs? So, well, they need to have an objective view. Okay, well, how might that prevent you from achieving? Oh, so that may be another door to open. Yeah. So what? what's your aspiration? What's your ambition? Yeah. How does this help or hinder getting there? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, that's a great one. And again, items in the back yep. might be interesting. Is yep. this person ready for promotion? Oh, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, well, what do you think people say? How is that going to help or hinder that that situation, right? Relationships Mm. and stuff. They Mm. scored a low Mm. as Mm. the CEO, you know, because sometimes if we're we're fighting for our department, well, well, if we're going to move up, right? Well, now I'd argue anyway you should have on the organization hat as an exec, but even more so, you know, how does it work when you're at that level? Oh, well, then I'd change. Mm. 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 And then, it, yeah, and once again, to your point from earlier, you know, what's showing up in the LSI 2, because sometimes, you know, can sometimes find is, well, my LSI 1's quite aggressive, defensive. My LSI 2 is highly constructive. Beauty, it's working. I don't need to change. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, good point. Can sometimes be the thing. I'm going, well, what's, how much energy does it take for you, because you're saying the right things for everyone else? 
do you believe it? You know, because I know that it's not politically correct for me to rip everybody's heads off or dress everybody down in a meeting. So I'll play nice. That's not actually what I want to do. So how much turmoil does that cost and how much time and energy in your head to contain yourself? So how do you sustain it? How is that sustainable? Uh, Mm. Totally. Yeah. I was doing someone the other day. I think Anne uses this term. It's about you know, I can do constructive, but am I being constructive? Correct, yeah. You know, and how much energy does that take yeah. when it's not aligned? Mm, mm, yeah, totally. Mm. So, yeah, so to that AP's question, the LSI 1 is there, but sometimes the LSI 2 can help create the story that you can come back to in the LSI 1. And, you know, and I think ultimately what I said to this person, actually, Fiona, was, you know, ultimately our job, I think, is to try and open up the gaps, you know, so to ask how does it serve you? How does it hinder you? How does it get in the way? Right? What could be different? Mm. So kind of opening up the gap for them to mm. see where the opportunities are. You know, what difference would it make if mm. we could change that? You know, how would it feel mm. if you didn't take all the concerns of the world on your own mm. shoulders? You know, how would it feel if mm. we could actually form mutually satisfying relationships with others? Yeah. You know, what difference? So kind of creating that gap for them. But ultimately, they've got to walk through the door. We can open up the door for them, but ultimately they've got to want it. Yep. They've got to walk through themselves. And I think sometimes as credited practitioners, you know, we want everyone to have an awesome experience. We want everyone to have an opportunity to learn, grow, develop, be constructive, right? But you can't do it for them. No. And as frustrating as that is, I know, particularly when I started, it's like, I want everyone to have a fantastic insight, you know, life-changing kind of moment. They don't all get the Kool-Aid at the same time. They don't all do it, you know? And so it's kind of been being okay with that mm. you know mm. like hey i opened up the door i asked the questions they've got to walk through it mm. and you know what sometimes it plants a seed mm. sometimes it plants a seed for people and yeah. i actually had a had a chat with a ap the other day also asked her about tricky debriefs and he sh- shared a story with me which was he had debriefed well no he got a call out of the blue from someone saying you know you probably don't remember me but you debriefed me you know four or five years ago or something and I just want to apologize to you. Yeah. What's this about? Four or five years ago, the guy said, you know, you debriefed me and at the time, I did just mm. this, right? I pushed back on everything. I thought it was a load of rubbish. Oh. Didn't want to listen. But I just want to tell you that everything you told me was right. Wow. And basically what had happened, I think this guy was quite defensive, particularly in the red area. Yeah. And, you know, they talked about how it was going to impact relationships, all this kind of stuff. And what had happened is he had broken up with his wife, he had actually lost his job, all sorts of stuff, yep. right? Pretty full on. And, you know, serendipitously, is that a word? Yep. Cheers now. When he was uh, moving stuff out of home, right? Moving a box at his LSI report, fell out of the box. You know, like you couldn't make it up. Yeah. Fell out of the box and opened on the LSI one kind of circumplex page and shit, there it was. Wow. You know, and, and it just kind of hit him like yep. a ton of bricks, like, man, I was, I was, I was told. And I had the opportunity. And look, it's better late than never. Yeah. And so he's calling up this AP and saying, you know, I just want to apologize to you. You know, I've, mm. I've realized, like, is there a chance for me? He said, of course there is. And of course there is. We can always change and learn, grow and develop. And he's, I think he offered to kind of help him on the journey a bit. And he said, you know, this is going to be the first of many phone calls that I'm Fantastic. actually making. You know, to, to apologize to people for how I've behaved in the past. Yeah. You know, do you have any tips for me? Wow. Kind of stuff. And so for me, that was just an amazing story of it obviously didn't 
sinking at the time, but a seed was planted. Mm, mm, mm. And look, unfortunately for this person, it took some pretty bad outcomes mm. to kind of, mm. for the seed to really take root. But sometimes it doesn't have to be that dramatic. I, no. I've done debriefs with people where it felt like, oh my God, that just totally bounced off them. I don't think we got anywhere. Yeah. And then you catch up with them later and actually they've been thinking about it. Yeah. Actually, it's planted a bit of a seed. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I actually had to saying that, I had someone recently in an accreditation in a foundations workshop, and I can't remember, I think they got to technical, and they had really quite high perfectionistic sort of thinking. And then in their feedback, once they saw you know their LSI too, their mind was just processing, how can I not be all this sort of stuff? So they missed, they didn't hear all the hour of conversation, like that just washed over them. And, uh-huh. and this person said, yeah, that was a real call out for me because I didn't hear it and I'd actually like to have another debrief to get all that stuff that was yeah. said again. So Interesting. Yeah, that was her response in the moment was was quite confronting. So just washed over her. Yeah. I mean, she sort of got it but can't remember any of it and, would, yeah, and that was, it was a real, I went, wow, that's a really great insight as a practitioner going into because you know, this was in technical, so the learning how to debrief, and that was just, she said, yeah, because when my debrief, I just shut down. I was present, but I wasn't hearing anything that mm. then led to some of that, you know, acceptance and action and stuff. But it was a really interesting insight. So sometimes that's something we just need to be mindful of too. Yeah, true. Good, great, mm. great point. Mm. All right, Fee, I hope, um, I hope that answered, you know, or gave some ideas at least yep. to our uh, listener who wrote in and yep. anyone else out there who who has or might deal with a bit of pushback mm. in LSI debrief. I know it's probably people's number one fear going in. And I think, you know, just to reiterate the point, it's not all on your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to open up the gap, yeah. open up the door, but they've got to walk through ultimately. Correct. And the fear, particularly on just, you know, for newer practitioners, you know, that fear that they're going to get this horrendous red stuff. You know, I could probably count on one hand the number of really highly aggressive defensive profiles that I've had where people have just not wanted to play, you know, or maybe two hands. But in the grand scheme of things, they don't happen as frequently as you think they might. And so then when they come, it can be quite challenging, which is the flip side of it. But it's just, yeah, stick to your process, ask the questions. And, you know, and I've even had people who have gone into there and I've just gone, this doesn't seem to, and just called it. You don't seem interested in this. Fair enough. Oh, we, you know, we can spend two hours here, but really, after you know, what do you want to get out? Of what it? do you want to get yeah. out of it? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that's just. So sometimes know when to walk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. <laughs> that's um, a... Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. We need a little uh, outro music if we <laughs> if we could buy the rights for that. I would, but I don't think we can. So oh, I think, I think you're going to get our standard uh, <laughs> standard outro. Sorry, gang. <laughs> All right, Fee. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Tom. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.